the reframe that I was able to come to, um, instead of feeling that I wasn't worthy enough as a spiritual being to be a part of the church and what I knew of a spiritual community, what I really feel now is that, you know, the church wasn't able to evolve with mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. Um, and be expansive enough to fit me and my folks that I'm in community with. It's nothing different, but it is just a reframe that helped me understand um, my own worthiness and the worthiness of the folks that are in community with me. Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Oh, this episode is so amazing. Um, it's also the last week of Pride Month, um, but never, it's never over. <laughs> Pride is never over. Um, but it's been so fun to be able to bring all these awesome episodes. Um, and this one is so amazing in more ways than one. You may have recognized the name already. Um, this episode is with Bex Mui, who was a guest on the season one um, podcast of this. <laughs> Words are good. Um, but it was really nice to be able to chat and catch up um, and also hear about a really great new book that's coming out that we talk quite a bit about. So exciting. Um, this episode with Bex was just so good. I said this at the very end of the episode, but as I was interviewing her, I was also thinking, I can't wait to listen to this, <laughs> not through the lens of an interviewer or an editor, but just like through the lens of someone who's listening to enjoy something. Um, because I think there are so many, um, moments of wisdom and insight and just like a feeling of complete and utter acceptance. Um, oh, it's just so, so, so beautiful. Um, we talked about worthiness, especially with spirituality. And we talked about how to claim that worthiness ourselves instead of seeking external people or sources to help us connect to that worthiness and that divinity. We talked about reclaiming Christian beliefs and practices um, because they are inherently beautiful and lovely. Uh, It's just that sometimes some of the ways that we learned them um, is not always so beautiful or helpful, which is nothing against Christianity or the church or anyone who practices those things. Um, We're just commenting that Sometimes the way folks can experience that can be less than pleasant or less than accepting, which isn't the case all the time. Um, We briefly talked about Mary Magdalene, which I thought was so fun. Um, One thing we didn't say in the episode was this really beautiful thing that I learned from Mary Magdalene Revealed, which is Megan Watterson's book about Mary Magdalene. 
um, was the original definition of sin and how sin is definitely interpreted as a way that we're wrong or bad or even dirty, um, less than, not worthy. Um, but the original, like, usage of sin was to imply when we've forgotten like our own strength and our own beauty and our own power, when we've forgotten that we're fully human and fully divine at the same time. And sin could also just be called missing the mark. So when we miss the mark on um, loving ourselves and loving others, sin doesn't have to be this like negative, judgmental, um, like condemnation, is that the right word, that we we attribute it to be. So we didn't talk about that, but I wanted to share that before we got into the episode. Um, what else did we talk about? Oh, Beck said this sentence that she is creating the spaces that she wants to see in the world. And that's so totally what she's doing. It's so true. Um, we also talked about sacred sexuality, which was so fun and so exciting. Um, and how we can reclaim that and not just reclaim it, but make it sacred, make it an important part of our practice, a worthy part of our practice. Um, we also briefly touched on burnout and we touched on um, like the law of attraction, manifesting and how to find a balance between us having the power and like something outside of us having the power and how we can find balance and true peace in that space. Oh my God. We also talked about other stuff too. <laughs> You're just going to have to listen. Okay. Um, so please join me for this episode with Bex Mui. Bex is a biracial first generation queer lesbian advocate and equity consultant committed to the work of LGBTQ plus affirmations at the intersections of spirituality and sexuality. A queer witch, energy worker, and spiritual organizer, Bex founded House of Our Queer, a um, QTB, oh, QT BIPOC centered spiritual play, play space. Uh, I'm tripping on my words here, where Beck shares affirmations for the queer and trans community. Bex is thrilled to add author to her bio this year with the release of her book, House of Our Queer Healing, Reframing, and reclaiming your spiritual practice. Bex takes readers on a winding path through her own spirituality. Growing up as a Catholic with Buddhist influences in a small town, the author finds a renewed sense of spirituality as a spiritual organizer, a consultant, and witch. She shares her own spiritual practice, practices including energy work, astrology, tarot, ancestor altars, moon rituals, and sacred sexuality, alongside with reframed Christian practices and beliefs. She offers details and detailed and structures, well, <laughs> detailed instructions for what you can do to incorporate spirituality into your own life throughout the book. Bex aims to help readers reclaim their own spiritual practices, regardless of where they are on their journey. Ah, so the book title again, it's also in the show notes, but House of Our Queer, Healing, Reframing, and Reclaiming Your Spiritual Practice. Pre-sale has already begun and the book will officially come out in November. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to read it. Um, if you want to check out her live weekly offerings at her queer church, you can go to Instagram at House of Our Queer and our is 
O-U-R-R, or you can go to houseofourqueer.com. I hope you enjoy this awesome episode with Bex. I'm so excited to announce that I'm joined by one of my favorite guests from season one, Bex Louie. Bex, how are you? Yay. Aw, thanks so much for that intro. I'm doing well. So excited to be here. I am so excited to have you. Um, We were just saying this before we pressed record, but it's been so nice to keep in touch in the past year. And also we were saying it's been so wild, but it's been almost a year or maybe exactly a year almost since you've been on the podcast last. Yeah, I can't believe it's been a year, Um, but that is one of the things I love about spiritual organizing, just getting Mm -hmm. to meet folks like you and continue to do the work together. Oh, yes, I know. I agree. Um, So I know you have some exciting updates, but in general, it's been a year since we've talked. How are you? How are things going? Give us any updates that you feel called to. Sure. In general, doing well. Um, February was my one year of working for myself, which felt really important. I do um, LGBTQ and equity consulting and uh, yeah, feel really grateful for that work and the space that it's made for me to do more with House of Our Queer and spiritual organizing. and yeah, I was, I run on the queer calendar. So uh, June is really busy for me. I do a lot of extra presentations and I really love that work of getting to do trainings and do presentations and, and work with folks. And so I'm always busy, um, especially around this time of year. Yes. And I think you talked a little bit about your consulting work in the last episode, um, but can you remind us if you like take clients or what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. I do take clients and I work with um, organizations and also um, schools and education organizations and just help folks in whatever space, really, in whatever um leaders of all types of communities, just to find uh, ways to bring trainings and resources so that they can create more inclusive environments for LGBTQ folks. Mm, I love that so much. And you did a really great job explaining it in your first episode. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go check it out from last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And can you remind us of the really great Instagram account that you have and what you do there? Sure. So House of Our Queer um, is my handle and it's I have a website as well. It's the work that I do around um, affirmations for queer and trans folks and our spiritual well-being. Oh, it's so wonderful. And are your, um, I don't know what you'd call them, are your live sessions weekly still? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still doing weekly. I call it Queer Church. Uh, it Church. is uh, every Monday now, and it's just a short, you know, 20-minute-ish Um, offering for the week ahead and it's a time that I share what's going on astrologically we pull a tarot card um, and I also do a reading a little homage to uh, church church that I grew up in Um, but instead of following um, any type of doctrine I find uh, queer poets and kind of bring their words into framing for a spiritual consideration for the week ahead. 
Oh, and they're so good. They're, you have such a sweet, like nourishing, grounded approach, and it feels so uplifting to go to those live or to watch the replays. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, so you do have some exciting news. Do you want to tell us what that is? I do. Yes. So I have a book coming out uh, this year. Woo uh, <laughs> and it's around this work. It's called House of Our Queer, um, Healing, Reframing and Reclaiming Your Spiritual Practice. Oh, I love that. I love what is that called when there's a main title, title and then a a short subtitle. Yeah. Subtitle. I love that subtitle that you chose. Is that kind of how the book is structured? It is, yeah. And it really follows my own journey with that, with the healing that was needed for me. You know, I was uh, raised Catholic um, with Buddhist influences, but, um, you know, my break from the church when I came out as queer um, or bi at the time. Um, you know, that I call that kind of the pain place. And there was a lot of time and space and healing that was needed before I could figure out what spirituality meant for me. And so the book does kind of take that journey around healing, reframing, and then eventually reclaiming my own spiritual practice. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, so when you say reclaiming your spiritual practice, what does that mean to you or what does that look like? Mm. So, you know, I think for me growing up, and I think probably a lot of us were raised in uh, stricter religions, spirituality was really something that I earned uh, by following the rules of my leaders or mm. something I participated in. Um, and when I was rejected from that kind of community, when I felt that when I was had that disconnect, it was really easy to kind of respond by rejecting that back um, and with it kind of all forms of religion, all kinds of spirituality. And so for me, reclaiming um, really came for a time when I was ready to see and understand the benefits of a spiritual practice for myself um, and figuring out what aspects I wanted to reframe and keep and what new parts and practices and rituals I had to find and build so that I could have um, a spiritual practice and a relationship to spirituality um, that felt more right. Yeah, I really hear you on like having that upbringing and then rejecting it entirely and then kind of slowly opening the door back again. I think that was definitely my path to um, growing up in the town that I did around the religious folks that I did, which religion's not necessarily bad, but the experience I had was not necessarily good either. Um, and I definitely was like, shut the door entirely. I don't believe in anything. Um, and it was like a really slow coming back to it and almost reluctant at first. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that we don't hear a lot of those stories. Um, mm -hmm. They think that folks that I know that are practicing spirituality, a lot of times we're just here in the present. And I think that can give the impression for folks who are in the pain place, or who are really in that rejecting place or who are trying to figure out if um, 
there is space in their lives for spirituality in whatever way that means. And I think that can be harder for, for folks to understand that there does take time and space and some work in order to build this back. Um, and so I wanted to uh, be able to share a little bit more about that because, you know, folks kind of see me at House of Our Queer and they see mm -hmm. the work that I do and um, don't necessarily know all the work that I did to get here. Mm, that is so true. And that's true with everything too, not just spirituality. We look at people who are teaching or leading and we just assume, or at least I assume, but I think a lot of people do that they like are just innately like wise and spiritual and like they always are that calm and centered. And it's like, no, we're, you're figuring it out now. I'm figuring it out now. We never have, we're never like fully figured out or enlightened or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the things I like about the work that I do. It's like I feel, yeah, there is no space of me that's like, I'm here at the end of my journey and I have evolved and here I am giving gifts. It's like, I'm like, I am in this work. <laughs> like I am trying to figure out how to make life less painful and how to make living in community feel like possible and you know it's really it's both deeply personal work and work that I feel like needs to be done in community and so part of what I'm doing is just sharing things I'm trying sharing things I'm learning sharing mistakes I'm making and then looking for folks who are interested in in doing this work as well Mm, I love that so much. And I love that you're taking people along with your journey, both on your Instagram, but also in your book as well. Um, and I really love that you said it takes time too. Um, like I know for me, when I first started being open to spirituality, what I was focused on or what I thought I resonated with is probably not at all what I feel like now. Um, and I actually just had a friend today reach out to me and say, like, can you tell me how to discover my spirituality? Like, how did you do it? And I was like, well, <laughs> I am still doing it. And it took a very long time. And I feel like people sometimes need that reminder that you don't have to know what you believe right now. And it is going to change. So it's okay to like find it as you go. Absolutely. I'm definitely a yes. And when it comes to spirituality mm. and spiritual practices and just finding the different things that work now and knowing they might change. And I really did try um, with the book. It's, it does follow my journey and it also has um, really concrete ideas and offerings for folks who are looking for their own ritual and practices. So in each chapter, I'll share about a certain aspect of my spiritual practice, whether that is mm. like reclaimed Christian practices or energy work, astrology, tarot, sacred sexuality, honoring ancestors, what be it. And then um, I give um, just considerations of things folks can do when they're beginning to explore those aspects for themselves. Oh, that is so great. And it is hard to kind of figure out what your rituals should be. And I feel like especially when we're coming to this space of like, not organized religion, we can think that any kind of ritual outside of that is, 
like evil or bad and it's mm. it's nice to read examples of rituals and then I know for me I'll like read spell work or or other rituals and I'm like oh <laughs> there's nothing bad about this that's just something that I learned and was like programmed to think absolutely it's one of my favorite things to hold um some reclaimed Christian roots sacred sexuality and being a queer witch and you don't find a lot of overlap in those spaces. And for me, they they make a lot of sense. And so I love being able to just hold those different like inlays to ritual and to spirituality um, at the same time. Yes, I agree. Um, I think something that was helpful for me, especially with Christian uh, like practices and beliefs, uh, was reading information that kind of dissected what is maybe told now or like what we think is true now and look at like where it originated from and perhaps like what that truly meant. And I feel like that's been one of the biggest ways I've reclaimed kind of those Christian roots. What about you? What does that look like for you? Yeah, that was definitely a larger part of my journey and in the book than I anticipated when I was starting mm-hmm. um, actually, but a lot of it um, came from me. I was looking at this sort of like essential question, which is, you know, how is this disconnect between like everything I know about Jesus, <laughs> everything I've heard about him, everything I could find mm-hmm. um, about this kind of, you know, radical social justice feminist you know, activist, disruptor, um, how did this like found a church and the way that Christianity is running today? And Mm -hmm. it really was important, I guess, for me and part of being able to reclaim some Christian roots was to understand, um, was to understand that kind of what went wrong, (laughs) where did that go? How did that happen? Um, and the digging around that, I looked at a lot of um, things that were kept out of the canonized Bible. So looking at mm-hmm. some of the Gnostic Gospels and the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. Um, and for me, that journey and really understanding more of um, the teachings that were left out there really helped me to better understand um like kind of Jesus as a light worker, as as a person who understood solidarity work. Um, and so because of that, I feel that is kind of the root there. Um, and that really helped me to better understand and feel comfort with um, reclaiming and holding on to some Christian practices uh, that feel comfortable to me now. Mm, yes. Oh, that work is so important. And I think we connected with this outside of right now, <laughs> but um, I recently read the Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene Revealed by Megan Watterson. Um, and I think you mentioned that you mentioned that book a lot in your book. <laughs> <laughs> I do absolutely mm-hmm. reference her um, and that book. And um, it's been really really powerful just to see, um, I think, especially now, just thinking about um, the need for understanding femme divine, the need for understanding the value of women and women leadership in Mm. spiritual and religious spaces, and just knowing that that was something Jesus wanted to do and was hoping for in his practices. 
Mm-hmm. feels comforting to me. Oh my gosh. So comforting. Yes. Learning about Mary Magdalene, I think has been one of the most healing things I've been doing. Actually, um, I did a divine feminine Oracle card spread at the beginning of, uh, this year. Um, yes, it was really cool. And my card for what I should be embodying this year was Mary Magdalene. Lovely. I have those Oracle cards as well (laughs) and find them so helpful because, you know, if you look at any type of, um, but many types of organized religions, you know, center around male leaders. And so just Uh the Oracle deck, you know, is this both like way to practice connection with them divine, you know, leaders throughout time and across cultures but also this way to reintroduce history that's been either forgotten or purposely erased. Mm, yes. Oh, yes. Um, I'm going to change this a little bit because you said something that I really didn't want to forget. <laughs> it was you said spirituality used to be something I earned. Can you explain mm. what you meant by that? That's so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I feel um, my relationship to, you know, the Catholic church and um, church and religion and faith and spirituality, which was all sort of bundled into this one space when I was growing up. I felt that, you know, with the, it was this very top down, excuse me, Um, like patriarchal way of accessing spirituality so that it is, you know, taught to us that there is God and then God, you know, gives that to the, the faith to the Pope and that is given to the cardinals and that's given to the priests and then they can give it to us. And so this idea of kind of the holding and the flow and understanding, you know, my place in that as, um, being a sheep as being, you know, someone who's there to just earn and um, do quote unquote good so that I could um, be a part of it and be doing the quote unquote right thing. You know, that was really the the access and the, the way that I had to um, understanding the world and understanding beliefs um, growing up. Mm, that is so beautiful. And I love that you've described that process of like the divine love or worthiness is like filtered through all these people. Um, and now you're encouraging others as well as yourself to find that worthiness and that divinity within ourselves. Um, and I like that you said you felt like there was a right way to like achieve that because if there's a right way, that assumes that there's a wrong way. Um, which assumes that like the divine goes by a right or wrong, which I, I think that's a human thing, not necessarily a divine thing. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that it, I understand, like it, I look at systems, right? I look Mm -hmm. in my whole world when I do social justice advocacy, when I do my consulting work, um, And so kind of it made sense to bring that into my spiritual questions and looking, you know, I understand power and institutions and the way that they run. And I understand why it really benefits institutions um, to keep power and to hold power and to um, 
cut people off from our ability to access our own power. Um, and so just understanding and seeing some of the systems that I look at when I'm looking at anti-racist or queer and trans work um, in spiritual work, it was really part of understanding that I could do this work in, a, in multiple levels and really bring that to spiritual organizing the way that I've done with other types of social justice organizing. Mm. I was actually listening to a podcast that's called Witchful Thinking, and they were answering a question from someone who wrote in about, like, is there, it seems like it's common for people in the queer community to also be in the witch or witchy community. Um, and they were musing about how, like, that form of spirituality often lets us reclaim our own power. And that can be especially beneficial for queer people because we were told that, I mean, we were most of us have been told that, but we were told that we can't own our own power. And so it's so cool that like by doing this work, reclaiming your power definitely has ripples. Um, and I'm thinking about the ripples of you, of, of you discovering your spirituality. And once you, I mean, you're not done, but like once <laughs> you felt like you discovered that to the extent that you did, you are able to share that message on Instagram and now through a book, like it's just really cool mm -hmm. to see those ripples. Thank you. Yes. And I think there's so much power in the idea of queer and trans people all over the country and all over the world, understanding that we have access to magic, to directing our lives, to manifesting, to releasing, you know, these you know, practices that help us to recharge in a really deeper way. Um, I think there's a lot of power in spirituality in that sense. And there's so much energy when we can do it in a collective way. Oh my gosh. I don't think you could have said that more, more beautifully. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It <laughs> is my hope. I, I breathe it into being, I say it so that it may be, um, and I, I do hope that that is, that is one of, you know, my hopes in the work that I do. Yes, absolutely. Um, I was wondering if you could touch on the idea of worthiness, because that's really what stuck out to me when you were talking about kind of owning our own power and reclaiming those practices, which is that we're worthy of, of doing that. And we're worthy of feeling like safe and we're worthy of feeling divine. And so, yeah, I'm wondering what that means to you or anything you have to muse on the idea of worthiness. Absolutely. Well, one of, you know, I, one of the practices in Catholicism is called reconciliation. It's this time when you confess um, your sins and you, it's something I did six, every six months growing mm. up it was part of our ritual practices and it sort of presumes that you know we are sinful we sin we make mistakes and in order to get rid of those or be cleansed or be cleared we go to um the priest and he's able to uh clear us so part of that earning right it's like we follow this practice we earn our goodness back uh, we do our penance which is sort of the punishment, if you will, or the repayment for the sins. Um, and so I think it's easy in those aspects and in that frame to kind of feel like you're not worthy, like to feel mm -hmm. like you could be worthy if you follow these rules. And if you don't, you know, you're holding and carrying your sins in that way. Mm -hmm. 
And at the same time, I'm really interested in, in roots. Like I, I even, I created a kinky confessionals with House of Our Queer, which is sort of a play on that, which is you know, a space where folks can share um, release and let go of mm -hmm. desires and questions and things that they're holding around um, relationships, power play, X, Y, Z. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in this idea, which is I'll say that um, the worthiness, I don't believe that anymore. Uh, I think the frame that I really needed to, the reframe that I was able to come to um, after again, my years of of space and time mm -hmm. uh, is instead of feeling that I wasn't worthy enough as a spiritual being to be a part of um, the church and what I knew of a spiritual community. What I really feel now is that, you know, the church wasn't able to evolve with mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. um, and be expansive enough to fit me and my folks that I'm in community with. And so you know, it's nothing different, but it is just a reframe that helped me understand um, my own worthiness and the worthiness of the folks that are in community with me. And then trying to find spiritual practices that meet us where we are. Mm, and I love that you use the word the church wasn't expanding or expansion in some way. Because um, that's a very like, non-judgmental kind of approach to that like not that that's necessarily bad they're just not expanding to meet me where I'm at so I'm going to create my own space it's just a really cool <laughs> like just the wording of that is so powerful I think thank you I do think I I don't want to hold like us and them I think we have mm -hmm. a lot of that you know my goal isn't to really shame anyone for their religion, their practices, their community, things that are fitting them. Um, it's really just trying to create more space and more understanding for all of us that there isn't something that necessarily fits um, and just allowing that to be. Yes. And you're also, you're being such a good role model too and how to like leave spaces that don't fit us and look for ones that do. And if you can't find them, it's okay to create them if you, if you want to. As I began the journey of shifting my career to a job that aligned with my values and beliefs, having an education in health coaching has been transformational. Through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, you can become a certified health coach to empower your relationship with food, health, and wellness, live your dreams, earn while you learn, and embark on a new path. Join the global community of like-minded change agents who are here to empower, inspire, and motivate you to create the life you've always dreamed of by clicking the link in the show notes. And by doing so, you'll receive $2,000 off tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off tuition if you choose the payment plan option. Or you can mention my name, Samantha Nagel, spelled N-A-G-E-L. Discover how to take a holistic and nourishing approach to health and wellness today.
I would say if there was a like tagline for my life, <laughs> that's definitely uh, what I do in, in all the different ways. Yeah. Oh, I love that's the subtitle of your life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or of your like superhero movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's a one sentence. It's just, yeah, creating the spaces I hope to see in the world. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, wait, I want to write that down. <laughs> um, oh, so back in the beginning, back in the beginning, like 20 minutes ago, <laughs> um, you were saying that you, um, you like left spiritual spaces and you were like, no, no. And then you were like, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm curious how you knew you were ready to kind of like open your heart to spirituality again? Mm -hmm. Such a good question. And, you know, part of that, that is the, the phase I call the reframing phase, right? So there's the healing. And then what I started to realize eventually after time, and time for me was like five years of time, um, I started to realize that I wasn't like I wasn't uh, practicing in the way that I had um, before, but I was still leaning on and benefiting from a lot of the ritual and practices and ideas that I had been raised with, um, but in a different way. So for example, I wasn't praying anymore, um, which was really painful. That was a support that I um, had had for my whole life that I had and a practice that I had done and what I realized that you know eventually is like well I'm not praying but I am like good night universe thank you for watching out for me <laughs> and like I'll pause before meals and just give gratitude like I was doing these things that brought joy and brought security to my life and um, that did come from that practice um, but in a new and in a way that was for me so the, the the part of reclaiming really became when I was able to look at my life in an honest way and mm -hmm notice the things that I was doing and also realize that um, there was some benefit there. There was something worth exploring. Mm, so you weren't necessarily seeking it out. You just kind of realized that you were already doing it in a way. <laughs> that was the, the beginning. Mm, sure. Yeah. Um, and that kind of sounds like part of the reclaiming was a lot of us, not all of us, but we go to church in the very beginning of our lives because we have to. And I think a lot of us tend to feel that kind of obligation. And so it sounds like you went from feeling like I have to, to maybe I want to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then by the time I was ready to start House of Our Queer and do this work more fully, it was a need. Um, I, I had been doing social justice advocacy um, on a national level professionally for five years, and I was experiencing a lot of burnout. I was feeling like I there wasn't enough bubble baths in the world to recharge me 
and yeah. there wasn't enough self-care quote unquote practices um, to meet the demands of the work that I was doing on like an emotional and mental and like energetic level. And I knew that I needed something more and mm -hmm. I had no choice to be honest, but to admit that for me, um, that something more was spirituality and belief and rituals and practices. And so I really took um, time to, to delve more in and spend more energy. And in doing so, found so much more joy and expansiveness and relief um, that it's been, that it's led me here, that it's just something I have continued and hope to continue to do. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. I love that you shared that. And it really makes me think that, or like reflect on what we said about owning our own power and how magical that can be. And then I'm also hearing you say that part of it is like surrendering to a power greater than you at the same time and how comforting that can be, especially when we're surround, or sur surrendering ourselves to like a loving power too. Absolutely. I believe that we need both. Um, as much as I am a fan of, yeah, like our, of course, you know, our, honing our intuition, understanding our highest self, manifesting and, and being real with ourselves about the direction we want our lives to go in. I also know like that that can tip over to feeling responsible for our lives mm -hmm. and thinking in some way we can control things that are not controllable. And so I do think it's really important to balance that with an understanding that it's also powerful to feel small. It's also mm -hmm. powerful to feel a part of a larger plan that mm -hmm. tapping into source energy around us in whatever way feels good to you is, is magical. And that's also a big part of my practice. Mm, 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 mm. that's so hard for me <laughs> that balance is so tricky and actually I would love to share something I was just thinking about um about uh manifestation um mm. I really wanted a new job and I applied for it and I felt like I was manifesting that to happen um and I didn't get the job and my mm. first thought was I didn't manifest that good enough but then I started thinking like if I'm manifesting this then that means I think I'm capable of like influencing the interviewees or interviewers minds and then I'm also like out manifesting all the other people who probably want this job and that made me realize like how much I use that as a way to control like my life and the flow of my life um yeah does that resonate with you at all because that's just something I'm playing with Thank you so much for sharing that. And yes, you know, when I first started learning um, and, and practicing more fully like moon rituals, I was mm -hmm. in a relationship that was ending that I did not want to end. And um, I was using everything I had, you know, every full moon was like, help me, you know, move towards this. And like every releasing was like, release my jealousy, release my this, release my that, you know. Um, but it was in service of this thing that I wanted. And that isn't how it works. <laughs> it, just is, it, it is just 
we aren't always able to see the bigger picture and to understand um, our core needs or what's coming. You know, I, I'm a big person who believes in um, honoring our ancestors and guides and understanding their, that there are, um, there are things that want to find us that we don't even know to ask for. And holding a little space for that is hard and important <laughs> and an ever-evolving practice. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I, it's, I've done that. I've been there. I continue to do it. I continue <laughs> to work on it. <laughs> yes. I think that's such a big part of the spiritual life is, is like learning things and then relearning things and then <laughs> balancing those things that you're learning. <laughs> absolutely. Because we're humans, you know, we're in this space in this life and figuring it out as we go yeah oh thank you for sharing how do you find balance between that like finding your own power but also surrendering and if you don't know that's okay too <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I will say I think it's just for me it is having a balance of those practices so that I do I you know pray to my ancestors every morning and light incense for them and appreciate them and ask for their guidance. Uh, I, I do believe in like higher power source energy. So when I'm doing energy work, I'll kind of connect to that larger source. Um, and that is, is a practice of getting to feel small um, and getting to feel held. And so I try to balance those things. And um, with the very intensive real rituals that I do around my own manifesting and my own goals mm -hmm. and my own self-reflection. And I think part of the balance is also, like I was saying, I do, I have noticed in doing this practice over time um, that when I'm manifesting, it's feeling more comfortable to mm -hmm. ask for more open-ended things, to allow mm -hmm. some spaciousness in the things I'm releasing and the things I'm trying to work towards so that I'm more focusing on like, how do I want to feel or like, what am I inviting in? What am I moving towards um, versus more specific goals? Um, and I think that's another part of how I uh, kind of work with it towards that balance. Mm -hmm. And that outlook is like kind of decentering the like, internalized capitalism belief that we have to be working towards a goal <laughs> and then I but you're like inviting in more open-ended uh inquiries or desires I, I like that a lot I, I think the thing for me is I've learned you know all my lessons the hard way for sure and so <laughs> one of the hard ways I've learned I I'm an Aries cap rising Sag moon so for folks who do, don't use that like I'm very uh like Aries are very much like fire leadership in this direction and then my cap rising is like i will figure out a plan to do that that absolutely um and i've i've called in and i've moved towards a lot of things that i wanted just to find out that once i had it mm. i didn't want it yeah and i've had a very zigzaggy um, experience in many different areas of my life in that way and it took me a long time but i am beginning at least to get to a place where i you know, I understand um, 
or I'm, I'm calling it a little more balance with that instead of saying like, yeah, I admitting I don't always know what I want and, and giving myself a little more time to reflect on what I'm working for and, and why. Mm, yes, that makes me think of the serenity prayer too, which I usually switch out mm. God for something else, but uh, <laughs> the serenity to yes. accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to, wisdom know, to know the difference. Oh, balancing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have actually a, a reframed serenity prayer I can send you because I know it's a really powerful one. So I, I rewrote it in a queer way for folks. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I pre-love it. Um, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. Um, you mentioned sacred sexuality a couple of times. I was wondering if you could explain what that means or what that means to you. Absolutely. It's a big part of my spiritual practice. I also, um, in my by day job, uh, do some um, sex education and comprehensive sex ed work. And, and it's a big part, I think, of the pain that can be caused in organized religions, particularly the one I was raised in. Um, And so having a practice of sacred sexuality, which for me, it just encompasses a spiritual connection with my body. It's a pleasure centered approach to sexuality, um, a shame-free exploration of desire. I feel um, it's understanding the sacredness that is. Um, our sexuality and uh, being in positive uh, sexual relationship. And that's not just about sex, but it's desire, pleasure, and bodies. And so just having that uh, particularly rejecting shame around around that um, is a really important part, um, was an important part of my own healing. I actually think like, you know, homophobia in um, religious institutions is directly related, if not underneath, um, like sexual control and shame and desire, um, kind of telling folks to have access to your spirituality, you need to do this with your body and this with your connections. Mm -hmm. Um, And so kind of rather than understanding that there is, you know, so much joy that can come from this space and that it is in itself a sacred practice. Wow, I love that so much. And gosh, it's so hard to do. I even noticed with myself, like having that information and like going on that reframing journey myself, mm. like it's it still comes up. It's uh, very insidious for lots of people. Oh, absolutely. And especially I'll say for um, women, folks socialized as women and femme folks, there's been just millennia of control and um, shame and attempts to cut us off from our bodies, which are a big source of our intuition and our knowingness Mm -hmm. and our spaciousness and our power. Um, So, so much work has been done to, disconnect us and and increase our policing of ourselves and our and the shame we might feel of our of our own um bodies and joy and pleasure so it's 
you know, anyone born today has has all of that, right? Is being raised in a society where that's been true for so long and the misogyny mm -hmm. kind of runs so deep that it's, um, we can't even see what we're swimming through as we're like little young beings. So it's, you know, which is all to say, it's understandably hard. It's never ending. I, and um, it's so powerful and important. Oh my gosh, it is so powerful and so important. Um, if someone's hearing this and this is like new information or something they're hearing for the first time, um, do you have any advice for that or like advice on how you can just take the first step? Because you don't have to be fully empowered right now. It's like, it's okay to just take those small steps. Yeah, absolutely. I would offer just a small mantra, which is like my... Mm -hmm desire is sacred my body is a source of joy i'm just oh going gosh. with that and seeing where that can lead you oh i love that so much i know one of my mentors said um if we are if we're created by divine that means we are divine and if we have desires that means our desires are divine too and that was so life-changing mm -hmm. for me Absolutely. And I, I reject the idea that we should be disconnected or cut off from our bodies, right? Like mm -hmm. I don't have, and I can't imagine a spiritual practice that believes there is any type of higher power source, whoever, however, that actually wants us walking around numb and cut off from our bodies and, mm -hmm. um, and the connection that that can bring with others, you know, that that doesn't fit for me and um, yeah. I think if you really look at it uh, it doesn't make sense oh my gosh absolutely if we were like intended to have a human experience and given human bodies then why would we not be allowed to like be in our human bodies and feel proud of our human bodies and pleasurable and comfortable in them yeah Absolutely. Oh, isn't that sad that that's such a radical thing to believe or even to say? It is, yes. And, you know, I think for queer and trans people also, especially in addition to just the general body shame that exists mm. in this world, the pressure that exists in this world, um, you know, we also have the messages really explicitly, particularly in religious, many religious settings, that out the way we're doing love, the way that we're doing connection, mm. our, you know, desires or relationships or sex looks like is wrong. Um, and yeah. so I think that there's there's so many layers to to undo, um, and that is why I started Kinky Confessionals <laughs> for folks. And yeah, yeah. one of the things I love it's a it's a way for folks to release, to share, to you know not hold um, things that they are wanting, things that they are thinking. Um, around their bodies, around their relationships, around their desires. And um, I give um, options and, you know, I will contact folks if they want to talk more, but I also will um, just have options for, you know, would you like me to send you healing vibes, you know, affirmation mm -hmm. vibes, posi vibes, whatever it is. And I'll, I'll spend some time when I go through just like giving and sending energy and um, mm -hmm. support to folks. Um, and it's been a really fun 
um, really joyful part of, of my House of Art queer work. Yeah, oh, that's so beautiful. Um, oh, the work you're doing is so wonderful. Um, I am curious there, uh, I mean, we're recording this in May um, and things have been happening in the world um, that have been hard to handle and hard to process, at least for myself and for many others. Um, I don't know what's gonna be happening in June, but um, do you have any advice for like how to process all the things that are happening, but also to like, disconnect and remain in our pleasure and in our bodies and with community that does accept us. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And, you know, talking about um, like Roe v. Wade and, and the rollbacks on you know, abortion support um, and the policies that are coming out. It's something I follow in my advocacy work. And I actually wrote a little something <laughs> that I'm uh, mm. around just I was talking earlier about um, the roots of Jesus, right? And, and his work with Mary Magdalene, a lot of it, you know, talks about him understanding that she was different than his other 12 disciples because she was a woman and because she was in a woman's body and because there was this access to intuition that um, came from this femme-centered place. Mm. And like I said, it is not surprising that that's that type of power is threatening to male leaders, to patriarchy, to folks that are creating systems. And we're seeing that all the way till today, right? We're mm -hmm. seeing um, that that started in like three, the year 300 and has been just like expounded upon. Um, and so something I will I, it comforts me to know that at the root of Christianity, the mm -hmm. person they're supposedly founded on understood, understood that, like understood that um, women's bodies are sacred and mm -hmm. that there is value and leadership there. So that is a small comfort I give to myself. And um, mm -hmm. I will also say in terms of just, practice and advocacy. Yeah, it's a really scary time. It depends um, on where you are, how it's scary. Um, we know mm -hmm. that the most people affected by um, anti-choice uh, bills are the folks furthest from resources, so particularly mm -hmm. women of color. And um, it's really something that I think we all should be talking about and thinking about and seeing how we can help um, it's the beginning, not the end of, of mm -hmm. um, or a new beginning, not an end. Mm -hmm. And what I'll offer to all of us, um, regardless of where you are, like be aware, see, you know, where you can, if you have funds, send your funds um, and hone in, have a practice of times when you're thinking about advocacy and taking action and times when you're um, just in community and just with yourself honing in and understanding what you know to be true. Mm, yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. It's definitely hard for me to have that balance again of, of being aware and like being uncomfortable, rightfully so, and also not wanting to feel uncomfortable like all the time. And it's hard to like find that balance of thinking about things and processing things and also taking a break. Absolutely. It's a 
never ending flow. And Mm -hmm. especially, like I said, I do this for work. And so I'm, I both need to know and also Mm -hmm. you want to know, and I need to have times when I recharge and when I understand again, that like I'm small, that we're all small, we can't all do everything. um, And that has Mm -hmm. to be okay too. Yeah. And that what you're, well, I mean, probably what you're doing is enough. You don't have, you're one person and you don't have to be like shouldering everything on you all the time. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Mm, Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh my goodness. This chat was so wonderful. I like, can't wait to listen to it again. (laughs) (laughs) You have so much wisdom and the work that you're doing is so powerful and so affirming and so like loving and also gentle. Um, you're, you're just so wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. Sin. I feel the same way about empowered spirituality and all of your offerings. So it's, it's a real compliment to come from you. Oh, thank you. And you're welcome. <laughs> um, can you tell us, so the book is available for pre-sale in June. So right mm-hmm. now. Yes. So you can, yeah, go to purplepalmpress.com and uh, pre-order your copy and it could be in your hands by November. I'm so excited. And can you remind us what the title of your book is one more time? Absolutely. It's called House of Our Queer, Healing, Reframing, and Reclaiming Your Spiritual Practice. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. And if you thought this episode was good, can you imagine what it would be like to read a whole book of this? You can't. So you have to order the book. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. If you want more of this and more offerings just tailored for you and your reflection, this book's for you. Oh my gosh. Yes, it so is. Um, Yes, I can't wait. I'm so excited. And I'm so excited for you all to read it. And can you remind us what your Instagram handle is if anyone wants to attend your queer church? Yes, please do. Please check out my offerings. It's House of Our Queer, uh, O-U-R. So House of Our Queer on Instagram. Oh, yay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, Oh, and I forgot. (laughs) Um, Can you send us home with a challenge or a resource or an idea or a reflection idea for us to ponder on for this next week? Mm, Sure. Well, this week um, we are actually, oh, actually, I realize you won't be doing this. And I was like, oh, well, this week astrologically, but okay, we'll be at the end of June. So I will not do this, but um, what I'll say is, an offering is to think about what you can set down. We do, as we were talking about with manifesting, often call so much into us and forget about quite how powerful we are and we can end up almost drowning in abundance. And so my Mm. offering is to have also a practice of letting go, of doing an inventory of what you um, have in your mental space, in your energy, in the ways that you're giving and holding other folks, in the ways that you're receiving things, um, and see what you can let go of, put down, um, recycle, resend, and create space. Ooh, that's such a great one. 
That's a great one. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was such an honor and I can't wait to read your book. Thank you so much, Sam.